0: Welcome to Two Humans Talking, the podcast where we discuss the challenges of staying healthy in this modern, fast-paced world. I'm Tiffany Sims, your weight loss and high-performance coach. And I'm Chelsea Scroggins, your yoga teacher and motivational speaker. And today
1: we have a wonderful guest, Miss Zoe. She's going to share her wonderful story with us and give us some wonderful resources that will help us all. And Miss Zoe,
2: will you just introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, My name is Zoe. I am from the UK. I'm actually a geography teacher uh, by trade, uh, but I'm a very keen runner and have been for a very long time. It's quite important to me.
0: I love that. And so, how did I find Zoe? Where did she come from? She's in the UK. I'm in the US. And I was scrolling Instagram one day and a reel of hers popped up and it caught my attention. And I had seen that. Here's Zoe showing some pictures of her on her Peloton doing some runs. And it was like the doctors told me I would never run again and walking would be painful. And she finished, she trained and finished a 100K ultra run. And for those of you who are not runners, that's a lot of miles. It's a lot. It's a lot of distance. And all of a sudden, I like I instantaneously got chills and was so inspired. And I was like, I have to have her on the podcast. People need to hear her story. I need to hear her story. Me too. I'm really grateful that you agreed to come on the show with us today, Zoe. So do you mind sharing how you ended up in the hospital with them telling you you would never run again? Um, Yeah,
2: sure. Uh, I... I ran a lot when I was a child. Um, I did, you know, sort of school athletics and things like that. Um, Once I went to university, I guess I got lazy. I didn't really have the mental strength as a child to do particularly long distances. I was good at long distance, but long distance then was fifteen hundred meters, three thousand meters, ten k at the most. So I never really, I never ran further than ten k as a child when I was competing. Um, It wasn't until later. I did start running again as a recreation as I was older. It wasn't until I was diagnosed with something called antipospholipid syndrome, which is an autoimmune disorder. It causes recurrent miscarriage. Um, In the UK, I don't know if you know this, you have to have, the law has recently changed, but traditionally you had to have three miscarriages before there's any intervention because we have free healthcare, but they set limits on when that intervention occurs. So you have to go through three and they have to be um, consecutive miscarriages before any intervention will take place. So we had to go through three miscarriages before they would even do any tests to try and find out what was happening. And I basically use running as a tool to cope with the grief and the stress of that process it wasn't something I could mentally manage so I needed to I like to I like to call it caging the rage
0: oh my god I like that I'm writing that yeah. down if you're listening write that down caging the rage to have an outlet oh my goodness. So for our non-runners, a 10K is 6.2 miles. I actually do running miles, to be
2: fair. I don't remember <laughs> running a mile. So I did a 100K ultra, but it was 62 point something miles. So it, was, it ended up being 63.4 with wandering around checkpoints at the time. So wow. it's about 62 miles, 100K. Yeah. Wow. My Garmin is still set to miles. I can't wean myself off it.
0: Hold on. I don't want to take away from like the story of you finding your way back to running, but talking about health and mental health. I've experienced one miscarriage and like that was that was a lot like that was no one can prepare you for that. Yeah. Um, How,
2: How did you function? Very badly for a while. Very, very badly. Um, I I really it wasn't my workplace wasn't really set up to, to deal with it. Uh, we had a kind of a male-dominated senior leadership team. They didn't fully understand, they just sort of expected after you'd had your absence, because I actually ended up having to have surgery because it, the miscarriage, my first miscarriage then wouldn't complete. And so then they just expected me to just come back after an operation, just be like, yeah, I'm I'm amazing. And then obviously I endured two more while I was at work and still had to carry on working so I wasn't functioning particularly well um I did try counseling but I actually found that the counseling made it a lot worse um constantly repacking or talking about what had happened and all I wanted from counseling was um some some kind of functional advice on when I'm having anxiety uh panic attacks when I did have my first daughter I started to get what they have tagged as maternal anxiety and it, it just ba- basically, I'm really terrified of losing my daughter because of the losses that I had mm-hmm. had gone through. And to the point like where we pier. Do you know, you know, like a pier by the sea.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yes. And I'm holding my baby in a carrier and um, I started to have a panic attack because I was afraid that I was going to drop my baby. Between, <laughs> it's not it's not funny. Uh, between the planks on the pier, oh. I had I was. You know, hyperventilating, vomiting. Uh, I couldn't stand up. I couldn't walk. I had to get off the pier. I couldn't go on it. And, and by the fear. Yeah. And it was a completely irrational fear,
0: but I absolutely couldn't control it in any way. In the moment, was your logical brain telling you that all of this was dumb and your emotions were like,
2: you know I'm feeling faint I'm vomiting I'm, I'm but at the same point in time my brain is going don't be stupid like your baby physically cannot fit down that gap yeah, it's yeah just, but your body no just no way.
1: when you have that trauma within you your body just I mean you're holding it and if you don't ever release it you'll you, you will literally cripple up like you just did you'll vomit like your body just there's a sense that does it and no matter how much your mind's like don't don't
2: don't act a fool don't do this your body's like well we're going we're going for it it's it's happening and sometimes you've got to accept it's happening um so yeah i basically running helped me through that because I, i went to counseling and it like i said in the uk we do have free healthcare. But with -hmm. with what's called Petals Counselling, which is the counselling I had, which is for um, parents who have struggled with loss and trauma, you get Mm -hmm. six sessions free on the NHS. And I felt like I was being rushed through the free sessions Mm. so that we could get to the paid sessions, if that makes sense. And maybe that's not the case, but that's how I felt. We weren't really getting anywhere. We weren't, I wasn't being given any advice on how to deal with intrusive thoughts, for example, or how to calm myself down. If I was having a panic attack, she... I was just kind of being asked oh what's your relationship with your mother like uh, why don't you like like it when people don't listen to you and there were questions that I thought you know no one likes it when people don't yeah. listen to me. why yeah. would you make this about my pro- I, that's not my problem my problem is that I panic um when mm-hmm. I'm out in public with my daughter and I'm scared of like I wouldn't take her to cities because I was afraid that something would happen um um, and when I do take her to cities, I take her in the running buggy so that if anything does happen, we can leg it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh,
1: you're so sweet. Hey, you always have to have a plan B sometimes, right?
0: <laughs> I, feel like mom, I feel like mom life, I'm not a mom, but I feel like mom life is just a lifelong journey of knowing what plan B is. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> plan yeah. B, plan Z, because when does A through Y work? Yeah. So for did sure. you, did the worry the men running or did, was that like you being like one day you left session and you were like this, I'm done with this.
2: Like but because i would run before. I know that when you, when you go for a really good hard run, you get the endorphins, you feel a lot better. And so I think that's when I really started doing distance running after that, after I had my first daughter, um, I was, Absolutely thrilled that she the only place she would sleep is in my running buggy. So Mm -hmm. once she got six months old, we were flying, we were running around everywhere. And we did used to have a local running buggy track. Um, or I think it used to be once a month. There was a little running buggy competition. So she got little certificates and medals for going around with me. We used to take the dog as well. It was really friendly, and Mark used to let us take the dog. So I'd run around with the dog and the baby, and we'd all get a certificate and a medal. And it just felt so much better after having a run. So I got to the point where. I knew that if I did a certain amount of running in a week that the anxiety would mm. be quelled it would you know ah. the be caged so to speak right but then <laughs> we decided we wanted another baby and I thought because we'd had the diagnosis and we knew the plan we knew that I would need to have injections of um delta Parin, which is a blood thinner I'd have to take aspirin mm. that once we did conceive again it would be simple right. but it wasn't we had three not. months and the doctors couldn't tell us why they just said sometimes it happens sometimes it doesn't we think it's to do with implantation but we don't really know so it's just a case of keep trying and eventually one will stick and that that was literally the medical advice we were getting um so I you know I, I got to a point where I think I'd almost given up uh when I actually was pregnant with my youngest daughter I did think I'd lost her um I started miscarrying at work or I thought I'd started miscarrying at work um I went home actually took her to see Frozen 2 I took my my youngest daughter to see Frozen 2 on a matinee because I'd gone home from work and I thought just thought right I'm not making this all negative if we've lost it we've lost it there's nothing I can do I'm going to take Penny to see Frozen 2 she's my oldest and it was like two o'clock in the afternoon or something. I wasn't ready for what happened to Olaf in that film after what had happened to me that day. I was mm-hmm. not ready for that. Oh. <laughs> oh, no,
1: like, um, <laughs> she's like, mommy, why are you crying? You're like, "Oh, do not worry about it.
2: Oh. Nobody warned me. Nobody warned me. They didn't tell me this. <laughs> um, I still have not seen it, but it must be heartbreaking. Okay. Was, right. but yeah, I wasn't ready for Olaf to just... I won't no spoilers here. No spoilers here. But I was not ready for that. And it it did, I did, yeah, it wasn't a good day. So obviously I went for a run.
0: <laughs> what that's do what I, I have did. control of where like Yeah, you
1: know? Right, for myself you.
2: So yeah, I, that's that's what I did. And then uh, you know, I ran the whole way through my pregnancy with Octavia, which is my my second child. She's called Octavia because she's the eighth, because we lost six and had wow. two. So wow! That's- I was just gonna ask that. Wow! That just me right in the feels. That's mm-hmm. so me cool. Too. I
1: have goosebumps. I love that. I actually, I really love that. Really cool. You honored
2: all of them, right? I mean, that's the way you did it. That's beautiful. I would have been quite upset if she was a boy, because I couldn't name him Augustus. So I couldn't do that. <laughs> Oh my God, talk You're about right. a true rainbow baby. That's Both of my girls are rainbow babies, yeah. Both of them are my little, my little rainbows. Yeah. Um, and I think really running, especially long distance running, gives you a lot of time to think. So Absolutely. I've kind of worked my way through to a manageable emotive state, I would say, through running. So I've I've kind of got to the point where I can accept that if I hadn't gone through this, I wouldn't have the children I have because I would never have had Penny because I would have had the first baby and it wouldn't have been Penny. So That's I've just kind true. of accepted that in order to get my kids, that was the journey I had to take.
0: Yep. That's a really empowered positive way
1: and yeah, it's a positive it's way true. to look at it. And so very proud of you, Zoe, very yeah, proud of
0: you. Miles for that to be my realization. <laughs> so I have to of ask course. as a runner, I can only imagine I've never run the longest I've run. I've done the Disney World Dopey Challenge twice. It's 48.6 miles through Disney over four days. (laughs) I love it. Those I have two pairs of Mickey Mickey. ears that are like prized possessions. You only get them for finishing the marathon. Um, I love them like anyway. So I was going to ask you, did you ever just think to yourself when you're running, like if someone made a comic book strip of my thoughts, they would institutionalize me. (laughs)
2: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Yep. Like literally in one second, you are like the most manic, the world is great, you are a rock star, you are unstoppable, and it can literally be half a second later, and you are in this darkest, deepest hole that you're like, why did I think I could do this? Everything that's ever gone wrong in your life is like channeling through you, and then like give it a few, like another mile and you're back to being fine again. It's the wildest thing.
2: Start to cry, isn't it? It's when you get to that point and you start to cry and you can feel it and you can feel your lungs just going, no, there's no air here for you. You can't, can't run, run. anymore. <laughs> yep. And you got, I've got to calm down because I can't run and cry at the same time.
0: Yeah.
2: Which is not true of the Peloton. I can cried, which is what I call my crying rides on the Peloton. <laughs> I love that. That's the quote for
0: today. You can cry and ride at the same time. (laughs) I love that. Let it it go.
1: Release, release, release.
0: You know, I never really thought about this part, Zoe, but do you think, when you think back on it, do you think that experience of being physically active and mentally having the highest of highs and the lowest of lows it bundled at the same time has prepared you for like being able to navigate
2: everyday life definitely um i like i said when i was younger i did not have the mental strength to run as far as i do now Mm -hmm. but the, the long distance running that i was doing to kind of channel emotions to cage my rage um I can now, I've got the, Like you know, when I started my 100k race, I knew I was finishing it. I wasn't not going to finish. I might not have been fast. I might have gone slow when I wanted, but there was no doubt in my mind when I started that race that I was finishing it. And I didn't have that mental strength when I was younger. And I, I think the running and the journey I've got to get here um, helped me a great deal with that. And I am now significantly mentally stronger than I was before. And awesome. that. So obviously, I've, I've raised two strong and confident women. <laughs> That's right. I love yeah, yeah. that. With tiny versions of myself on a daily basis. I <laughs> love so
1: it. Phenomenal.
2: phenomenal. So, so hard. They're, they're way too intelligent as well. They just, they outsmart me continuously. How old you are they? On your toes. Five, she'll be six in October. And Octavia was three in July
0: wow what fun ages perfect
2: so what point did you end up in the er phase and Octavia's just started it so that's cool i'm sorry there was a delay what'd you say zoe i said penelope just got through the screeching phase and octavia's now just started it so that's fun perfect
0: perfect
2: (laughs) that's hilarious in the buggy
0: we're going for a run scream (laughs) into (laughs) the wilderness
2: I had to upgrade to a double buggy, so we now oh. just get it off we go. It's sure. also a bike trailer, which is great for going to the village next door. I love
0: about that. Eric? I have mad respect for moms and strollers, for all parents and strollers, because it's hard enough to move your own body, yet alone push a stroller full of dead weight.
2: Yeah, really? that's dead weight. Um, The good thing is that they do watch Bluey on the tablet and through the chariot window, I can catch, I can watch Bluey while I'm running. Oh, perfect. So if your mind starts to wander, you're like, Bluey, let's stay on track. Yes, advice from Australian cartoons, yeah. (laughs)
1: Perfect. (laughs) That's wonderful.
2: So at what point did you end up in the hospital where they said no more running, Zoe? So I got to the point, I was having trouble with my knee um, and it just kind of got worse and, and worse, and it didn't get any better. And it got to a point where it was extremely swollen and there was fluid in the knee. And when I knelt down, I could sort of feel the fluid squeeze oh. out of
0: mm-hmm. and then
2: back in. Um, I went to um, we used to have an event called Runfest in the UK. It hasn't happened for a couple of years now, but I went to Runfest and I accidentally bumped into um an orthopedic surgeon, he said. That that's not right. You need to get the your doctor can't keep because I'd said, you know, I've been to the GP and they just said rest ice. I'd been having physio and they just kept giving me some exercises that made it worse. And then just said rest it, rest it, rest it. And every six weeks I went back for more physio and they said, rest it for another six weeks, rest it for another six weeks. And he said, No, that needs you need to go to a hospital. That's not that's not okay. So I got an appointment with um not my local hospital, but a, a renowned hospital local to where I live, and they did an x-ray and when the guy looked at the x-ray and he said you don't have enough cartilage on one side of your knee and every other sentence that he was explaining it to me he just said you're too young for a knee replacement you're too young for a knee replacement and I was like what um what and he said well you need an MRI and you'll need to speak to the consultant um so we'll book the MRI I okay well we'll book the MRI we'll see what the MRI says So the MRI came back and said that I was missing, I'd got holes in the cartilage in my knee, basically. it's degraded To a point where I've got an eight millimeter hole underneath my kneecap. Um, There's various bits where it's it's thinner on one side than it is on the other. So in my knee, it should have an even amount of of space between the bones in my knee and on one side, it's about that big. And on the other side, it's about that big. So that side's okay. I never actually got to speak to the consultant. One of his registrars phoned me with the results of the MRI while I was on the Peloton, thankfully, um, (laughs) to say, we've got the results, I've had a look. Uh, We can offer you a surgery that's called an arthroscopy to go in and just take out any loose cartilage. um, Mm -hmm. And it might mean that you can then walk around again. At the time, I was... When I walked, and weather really really affected my knee. So if it was cold and it was wet, it just had that like bone ache. An eighty it, year old lady who's predicting the weather. Exactly from my knees. Yeah, I knew when I woke up, and and it would if, if it was like that overnight, then it would still be painful overnight. So you're not getting mm-hmm. sleep. I'm trying uh-huh. to do things. you know I've got two big dogs, and they poop. They poop a lot. They have you got to scoop that, and bending down to. To, to oh. get the pump getting things in and out of the washing machine was just crippling, and my knee would just constantly give way. At work, I work on a school site that's enormous, so I get about a thousand steps in from my car to my classroom. And wow, was, that oh. is huge. It's it's very spread out, <laughs> and I just couldn't, you know, I couldn't run after my daughter if she was learning to ride her bike. I couldn't catch up with her on the scooter because it was just too painful my knee would give way and so a little bit before when once we'd seen the original um gentleman who did the x-ray he said Mm. you know low impact exercise should be fine which is when my husband said look you're not coping you you know you're emotionally destroyed you're really unhappy because I hadn't Mm. been able to for such a long time so why don't I get you a peloton and we'll see how it goes i honestly thought i'd be sending that bad boy back on the 30-day guarantee i was like i hate bikes i can't sit on them they've always hurt me it's boring i can't i'm not gonna do it and about a week in i was like you'll have to prize it from my cold dead hands because i love it <laughs> <laughs> and this is where we do the peloton ad.
1: no i'm just kidding Amazing
2: it there's a what bike and echelon there's loads but just the I don't know what it was. I think it's some of the instructors. There's obviously an awful lot of psychology that's gone into what the instructors say, how they say it. And I'm sure it's with all, you know, spin classes and the online exercise bikes. Um, And it just, it put a lot of strength into my leg that I hadn't trained into it before. So when this guy phoned me up and said, you know, um, we can offer you this arthroscopy, you might be able to walk without pain. And I said, look, if you can say, to me, I will be able to walk around without pain, without I'll the might, it. without the maybe, then I'll consider it. And okay. he said, um, well, you might be able to. Um, okay. So I said.
0: So what, what really what went through I'm, your head when he said that? Like what went through your body? Like what went through your mind? Like what was I'm the real deal?
2: I was all right until I asked what if I ran on a treadmill? Because treadmills have shock absorbers. Oh, that's and true. He just said you will never run again without pain. You won't be able to run on a road and you should stop running. No. <laughs> At this that's point, not the
1: answer.
2: <laughs> the cried began. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
2: So I, I was hyperventilating. I was just like, no, this cannot be, this cannot be the end of running. I I need running. I love running. It's part of my life. I identify as a runner, it's who I am. This cannot, I can't not run, you know. And So I'm gripping my handlebars, just like crying with Emma Lovewell. (laughs) This guy is still on the phone while I'm doing this. And I can hear in his voice that he thinks I'm overreacting. He thinks it's funny. You know, he's not being, I said, why has this happened? How has this happened? And he just said, well, it's the geometry of your bones. I'm sorry, what? (laughs) Yeah, that makes no sense. What bones? How? And I said, will it happen to the other knee? And he said, well, I don't know. We didn't look at that knee. Well, yeah, it okay. but will it happen? Uh, well, I don't know. And he'd also mentioned that it was probably genetic. So I said, will this happen to my children? He said, I don't know. We don't look at that. Right, okay. I said, will this get worse with menopause? He said, I don't know. Probably not. Yeah, that's a really
0: great question, Zoe. Those are yeah. great questions. I feel like oh, most sure. people don't
2: need to ask. I had written a list prior to the phone call because I knew oh, I was getting You were prepared. I, my husband I was prepared um and I you know I said would wearing different shoes make a difference to the pain no probably not nothing you don't need anything special you know we'll just book you in for the arthroscopy so they they booked the appointment and I cancelled the surgery and I asked I asked for a referral through my GP to our national orthopedic hospital called Stanmore Hospital in London they did an x-ray it was the most amazing x-ray the the lady the radiologist was the loveliest person and she like commented my my leisure attire she was like oh nice nice leggings which is always nice um and they did an x-ray all the way from my hips both legs all the way down so they did this x-ray of multiple pictures that were pieces to see my whole legs and they said
0: actually treating you as a person and not just one well yeah and then
1: because you could be off in your hips and and it could be the hips and not the knees like it it could be people just think oh just go to the source and you're connected I work at a chiropractic office just so you know
2: so yeah I'm glad (laughs) that they did more than just the knee awesome Um, there's like I don't know why you've been told that there's absolutely nothing wrong with your bone alignment they're all beautifully in line so this has all been caused by muscle weaknesses in my legs uh-huh. so had I known that had better advice when I was younger maybe um, I would have done a lot more strengthening exercises to those legs and it potentially probably would still have got osteoarthritis but it would not be as degraded as it is because the right. sex- cartilage wouldn't have been rubbing on each other in the way that they have done to get to where they are so they sent me to a physio um and the physio and the the bike riding um, basically gave me enough strength to hold the knee how it properly should be so mm-hmm. that it isn't bashing scraping or crashing around the osteoarthritis is still there um it won't get better i can't make it better but it isn't getting worse. And my leg is definitely stronger. I'm faster now than I was before this happened. Good job. I want
0: to pause for a second because I think that's really what I heard was really, really important. And it was that, you know what? Like one, you went to the doctor said this is what's going on and got a diagnosis that one was we can give you surgery and you might have a better like quality of life, but probably not. But you need the surgery anyway. And this is it and move on. This is how your life is going to be. And I love that. Even if that was the answer, mentally, you were mentally strong enough to go I don't accept this yet. Let me do a little bit more before like I accept this as my fate and then work with that. And then two like getting really listening to your own body and advocating for yourself, because I don't know about in the UK, but in the US, like you are frowned upon almost for advocating for yourself. A lot of mm-hmm. times if you go to the doctor, cause something hurts, it's, you need to lose weight. No, one's gonna look at you. Everything that's wrong with you. If you're overweight is because of your weight, not because anything else could be wrong. And then why are you questioning me? I'm the one who went to med school, mm-hmm. which I respect. I did not go to med school but I also can tell you I'm the expert in how my body feels and this isn't right. And so like, I really just want those people that are listening with us and sitting here chatting with us right now, like you are the expert in your body. And that like, it's okay to speak up. Like if Zoe hadn't spoken up and asked all the right, great questions and like not accepted the first answer as her like forever fate and was like, okay, well, what do I have control over? she wouldn't be this version of herself right now, still running around after her kids. She'd probably be watching them from a park bench, feeling pretty depressed if I, put not to put words in your mouth. That's how I would feel.
2: Absolutely, I, I genuinely, I cried for a while. Me and Emma Well, we were crying for 20 minutes on that ride. She wasn't, obviously, she was oblivious because she's a recorder. <laughs> I was crying. I felt like we were crying together we weren't it wasn't it was all fake we're crying together she was there with you and that's exactly where she wanted to be and needed to be I found it really challenging to go from I had a niggle it got worse and now it's a now it's a full stop I don't I, I didn't I couldn't my brain couldn't work out how it had got from this hurts, this hurts a bit more, now this is painful all the time, but there was never an impact, you know, there was never anything devastating that happened to that leg, it just went from, oh this hurts a bit, to someone framing and saying you can never do the things that you have done before, and you won't ever be able to do that, so one of the things I did was I, I had a look at other hospital options, I knew about Stanmore because my dad had been treated there previously, and I looked at their options, and just with their surgical options, their arthroscopies there's about five different types of them so the hospital I was at just does arthroscopies and one sort and that's it that's all they offer that's all they can do so part of the problem I thought was that if there were better treatments the hospital were just unable to offer it to me anyway because they just don't do them at that hospital. so So you knew there had to be another option Yeah, I asked for a referral. So one of the things that they do at Stanmore, um, it's not something that obviously I I have, but it might be something that I need in the future, is they do an arthroscopy, but then they drill lots of tiny little holes into your cartilage to Mm -hmm. stimulate growth of bone marrow and things like that. So there's an insane amount of stuff that they can do. They also have a trial procedure where they grow stem cells and then implant them in there to try and stimulate cartilage. But if you have had previous arthroscopies, it precludes you from that surgery. You can't have it. Um, So I mean, I'm not going through with the surgery that might help because ultimately if I do need surgery, I want to be at the place where I can have that, that, you know, I want the best surgery that can be possible. And I don't want, I'd rather walk around. I said to my husband, I'd rather walk around in pain for five years and know it can be fixed later than stop now and never be able to do it again. Yeah, that's fair. That's, and that's so great. we went Stanmore and ultimately I have avoided surgery thus far I'm still with Stanmore so they give me an appointment every two years so I go back every two years to check, check it out.
0: Um,
2: and it, it might be that in the future I have to go with surgery but at the moment I've managed to strengthen my leg through weight training which I never used to do before um I've uh, done a lot more weight training and the physio exercises have been very weird and wonderful. Uh, they're focused on single leg stability. So when I first went, I like, said, can you stand on one leg? I said, yeah, sure. Stand on one leg. You know, I'm a runner. Can stand on one leg? He said, can you close your eyes straight over? I went straight. I'm not kidding. Straight no down. No flamingos. You're not a flamingo in your previous life. Uh, and it just, the second I closed my eyes, I just went, that was it. And he was like, right. That's feel like we need to work on that. <laughs> Um, so, there's a huge amount of single leg stability. So, you know, the, the single leg sit up and stand ups from getting in and out of chairs, um, Bosu balls, balancing yeah. on my, doing single leg stand ups on my Bosu ball. I now have to do this thing where I squat, stand in a squat on the Bosu ball while my husband throws a weighted uh, ball. Phenomenal. And predict- you have to. In unpredictable places so that I have to constantly compensate for wow. it and use all the stabilizing muscles in my legs um Listen,
0: and it's really preparing you for becoming an old lady and not losing your mobility it's very true
1: and it's- longevity of life honestly if you can balance on one leg like that and be able to navigate that you're you're you 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 are going to
2: live long miss <laughs> well, zoe this is-, this is it when once i'm now i'm 42 next week the meaning of life the universe and Half everything to to be 42 i know a lot of rational people are not but i am thrilled to be 42 (laughs) good good
0: is not a gift everyone is allowed to experience
2: that's very it's a a hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy thing i'm very excited to be 42 (laughs) i need to (laughs) read those i have never i'm going to be making myself a t-shirt that says i am the meaning of life the universe and everything it's happening i love that
1: For, um, do you have any advice for like moms out there trying to keep up with the kids that like have done nothing and, and, you know, they might not have injured themselves, but like what advice or just people out there who are just sedentary, who, you know, don't know where to go or what to even start with. And they're thinking like, how do I even get off the couch and walk a mile, let alone run 62, you know, um, is there any special advice or tools that you can give the audience today?
2: well i think just go slow go at your own pace but just keep doing it it's consistency it's building it up um for me the strength work was hard i wasn't something i was used to doing it wasn't something i enjoyed doing to begin with i'm now up to a 9.1 kilo dumbbell uh which i was like you know there's i had like I don't know. There's this set in the UK that most people's parents had that they somehow now have from their parents. That's like a pink one, a green one and a blue one. And the highest one on there is four and a half kilos. Um, and I only ever used the two and a half kilo ones initially. Um, and you know, I thought that was really hard. I would be, I would do like a split squat with two and a half kilo dumbbells and I'd get doms and it would feel hard. And now I do them with 9.1 kilos. Obviously there's two dumbbells of 9.1 kilo each. And so, but doing that consistently was the hardest thing. Um, I don't, hardest thing wasn't building the muscle because that comes quite quickly once you start exercising. It was just the consistency to do it even when I didn't want to. So yeah, if you're trying to walk, get a dog, borrow a dog, borrow a dog, get a dog, go for a walk with a dog. Good when I'm in the woods with the dog and someone just strolls out without one I'm like who have you been burying in the woods (laughs) yeah
1: that's so
0: true I think
2: that's really important
0: though because I know that that like as someone who loves running and loves exercising I very much relate to that like anytime I've had an injury like it's almost like it challenged my identity because it's like Mm -hmm. What do you mean like who would I be without that thing because that thing has become the like foundation of who I am as a person and how I show up in the world so like what do you mean I can't do that thing. And -hmm. I think it's really important for those people who don't get that because maybe Mm -hmm. they have not found that as their their foundation or they're like oh big deal you couldn't run oh sad for you like find a new hobby welcome to the rest of the world but I think that it is really important I love that you shared you know like I was struggling to play with my kids
1: like mm-hmm.
0: take running off the table I couldn't be there with my kids without constantly being
2: in pain and I think that that's really real and I think mm-hmm. people overlook that a lot and I mean that's I think- why I run I don't my daughter says to me you know when I go into a race because are you going to win mommy and I say no I don't I don't run to win i run because i like doing it and i want yeah. to take part you know i'm going to finish but ultimately i i had children quite late in life okay so we had fertility struggles and that made it take longer which means right. that when children have children you know i'm going to be 60 maybe 70 if they wait as long as i did mm-hmm. i need to be physically fit and strong to be useful for them I want to look after my grandchildren should they choose to have any grandchildren I want mm-hmm. to look after them I want to be helpful to my kids I want to be able to help them move house help them go to university mm-hmm. you know I want to do all those things for them and I can't do that if I can barely walk now That's in 20 30 years I'm going to be completely useless to them or a burden to them and I don't want that to happen I want to be strong into my old age so that I can you know be that 80 year old that runs marathons I love you're it so and we're gonna so do it Zoe, my daughter's children around the house and keep up with them you're gonna do it Zoe I feel
1: it. I feel it in my bones in my kneecaps I feel it <laughs> in my weather app I feel it <laughs> I do I really do feel it I, feel it. I'm I like that, that. And I love that you're living for them. Like, that's what people need to recognize. Sometimes living just for yourself, actually, most of the time, it's not enough. You have to find somebody that makes you get up and do that consistency, get up and keep fighting, get up and do better, you know, and find another way. And you have to find whatever that is for you that gets you off the couch, gets you walking, gets you doing your strength training, gets you going after your next goal. And sometimes it's more than just you, right? It's something else that motivates you or keeps you going. So I love that that's your kids. And and thank you so much for sharing your journey with us. That was
0: amazing. I have like, I feel so inspired right now. Like I love this chat. I'm so happy that the time worked out. So if you got to share one message with the person that's listening to us right now, sitting on the couch with us, like what's the one thing that you want to make sure people walk away with?
2: Um, I have never regretted exercising. I have hated it. I have endured it. I've been in pain doing it. I've hurt myself doing it. I've done it irresponsibly. I've done it stupidly, but I've never, ever regretted it. And I've always felt better after I've done it. That is so true. I feel the same way
0: that's how awesome. do people follow you in your journey
2: um well they can follow me on instagram if they want to i'm at we spark joy um uh, that's pretty much it really i'm not really i'm way too old to be on tiktok <laughs> well TikTok. no that's not for me no worries <laughs> and we'll drop
0: that, that in the show notes um so mm-hmm. that everyone can connect and zoe thank you so so much for opening your heart and sharing your words And with that, Chelsea, this is Two Humans Talking.
1: Bye.